0: You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler. Episode 60.
1: So when I help coaches design programs, we are looking through their program, even if it's a 30 minute or 60 minute, we're looking through and are we asking people to do something different about every 10 minutes? So that may be listening, it might be talking to the partner, it might be writing in their handout, it might be watching a video, but there's a rhythm that you want. And all that is, is just de- designing and delivering the way the brain works best.
0: Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources, whatever your focus or niche. Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, welcome to the show. It is, as always, great to have you here, and I hope that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Now as we approach the end of the year. It is quite amazing to me that 2017 went by as quickly as it did. And I want to once again, let you know how very grateful I am. For those of you who have been listeners for those of you who are star coach members, and continue to grow the show, and let people know about the wisdom and the expertise and the enthusiasm that our guests bring each week. If you know of people who can learn and benefit from the show, I would very much appreciate you letting them know. The more people that can learn from our guests, I believe the stronger the coaching community will get. And when we talk about Great stuff to learn. That brings us right to this week's show. Our guest is Dr. Sherry Yellen. Sherry is a certified coach and she's the owner of the Learning Connection Incorporated and the CEO of TRL Resources Inc. For more than 20 years, Sherry has been working with leaders in a variety of industries to help. Equipped leaders to be extraordinary through brain based, innovative, and engaging learning. That is what she comes to the show today to teach us as coaches how to get our message out there. Whether you are facilitating a training, creating a workshop, a webinar, a teleseminar to bring a message forward, why not do so in a way that is dynamic and engaging? And makes your audience clamor for more. Sherry is absolutely passionate about what she teaches us, and you will be hooked in seconds, I believe, with her enthusiasm and her absolute dedication to the field of coaching, wanting each of us as coaches to be able to be transformational with our audiences. It was an absolute joy to spend time with Sherry. She brings her incredible expertise forward in such a way that her seven-step process is something that each of us can employ to create the kind of learning and growth that our clients deserve. So let's go to our interview with Dr. Sherry Yellen. Good afternoon, Sherry. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you join Star Coaches today.
1: Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here.
0: Well, you have created quite the ripple effect through the Dallas-Fort Worth area. You came in and gave a talk at the ICF North Texas chapter, but that was hard to get out. And I started hearing about how wonderful Sherry was. It it was a day that I was unable to go to the meeting and I was so bummed that I was unable to go to the meeting. (laughs) And then I was... Thrilled that you wanted to be on the show and share your expertise, which is really about sort of creating an extraordinary experience for our clients. Can you talk a little bit about what your specialty is?
1: Absolutely. So, nothing thrills me more than to see a coach working with a group of people in front of an audience, whether that be a workshop, or it's a keynote speech, or it's a lunch and learn, or it's a webinar. But to see that coach have an extraordinary learning experience that is equal to the extraordinary message that they have to give. And nothing pains me more than to have a coach who has a transformational message that can change lives, that can grow their business, but to see them get up in front of a group and it fall flat. And delivery is certainly a big part of that. But the most important piece is that you have an unforgettable design that goes with that delivery. And sometimes we think delivery is everything and it is a large part of it. But 80% of the heavy lifting is the design. And so if we can teach coaches how to design learning experiences that really are aligned with how the brain learns best, not only do they have greater impact, they have transformational experience that they can offer the people that are in their workshops or on their webinars. Most importantly, I think, is they grow their business, right? When people have a transformational experience, they want to work with you as a coach and they're going to refer you to other people. But really, the secret sauce to all of it is integrating the principles of brain based learning. So Absolutely. that's my passion.
0: That's your passion. And boy, can we hear that passion. And, you know, as you said, let's say a coach is building their business by creating a free webinar. If that webinar is transformational and they think, oh, I get this much with a free webinar from this person, I can only imagine imagine what I would get if I worked with this person. And so we get back to that brain-based learning. What are things that we as coaches need to understand about brain-based learning?
1: Well, I was thinking probably the best way to contrast brain-based learning and traditional learning is I want to talk about two movie clips I think every listener can relate to. The first movie clip is Ben Stein, the infamous economics teacher in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's up in front of a room and all those, the chairs are facing him because he has all the knowledge and they have none. And he's up there asking a bunch of closed-ended, one-right answer questions. And then when the camera pans to the students who have not just been sent to a class, they've been sentenced to a class, right? They look like zombies. Uh, and his tone
0: is so monotone too. So
1: Exactly. <laughs> the problem is that's still happening. I mean, that's a dramatic example, but we still have people leading one, two, three day workshops and they're reading, you know, they're reading slides and they're doing all the talking. And then the result is at the end of that, not only did they not impact their audience, but they're exhausted at the end of their workshops. So I love that clip and I love it, especially when you contrast it with another clip that everybody should be familiar with. And that's the clip. That, in my opinion, is the greatest learning scene of all time in the movie Apollo 13 when the astronauts are dying from carbon monoxide poisoning. The whole world's watching. The stakes are so high. The purpose is so clear. And if you remember, the engineers go down into the basement and one of the engineers says, we need to make this fit in the hole for this using nothing but that. And then they throw a box of supplies out on the table and everybody just jumps in and they get started. And I love to contrast those two scenes because in one, it's boring. It's not transforming lives. It's not engaging. And in that second clip, It's everything that great learning is. Great learning is messy. And there's a little bit of confusion because that piques curiosity. And great learning engages all learners. And great learning has a purpose and we see relevance to it and I see how it's going to change my life or I'm going to change somebody else's life. And maybe most importantly. It engages emotion. I mean, there's a real reason behind what we're doing. Now, that those two clips just really capture the essence between traditional ways of learning, which sadly is still about 90% of what's happening. Even right now, as students are sitting in rooms, you're still seeing some semblance of Ferris Bueller's <laughs> day off economics teacher, right? right? Versus your Apollo 13 clip, which just encompasses what we call brain-based learning. And brain-based learning is basically just learning that is both designed and delivered the way the brain learns best. And when you can design and deliver the way the brain learns best, it's more fun, it's more interactive, it's more engaging, and it has greater impact. And really, brain-based learning breaks down into about seven simple Principles. Though they may be simple, they're not always easy easy to integrate, but those seven principles are the secret sauce. I mean, you want to have a wow learning experience, you want to walk away exhilarated and not exhausted. It all comes back down to those seven important principles. Okay. And when we can integrate that, even into the most boring content, you can have transformation. So and then you if have you engagement. have
0: not boring content, it's that much even better. But exactly. you, you can do it with any. So are these seven principles of brain-based learning, are, what's the ability for them to be integrated by coaches. Like for for coaches who might not have studied or have PhDs in brain-based learning like you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And- Oh, it's so fun. And you're really only limited by your own imagination. One of the principles and maybe the foundational and one that really trumps all of them is the first principle, which I call challenge, but it's all about how do you build trust and rapport? And the cool thing about me working with coaches is coaches of all people should get the importance of building trust and rapport. It's one of our core
0: competencies, absolutely.
1: It is. Mm -hmm. And so there's easy ways to integrate that. First of all, don't think about your learning. learning experience, just starting and stopping while you're in that room or you're in that webinar. We start building trust and rapport long before we want to keep it going during the event and we can keep that going long after. So for example, before I do a webinar, before I do a workshop, I'm going to reach out to those participants. And there are a lot of fun ways that you can do that in engaging ways. I mean, send them a TED Talk to watch or send them a quick survey so that you can really tailor your message to their needs. Send them an article. Give them a simple assignment. So, for example, in one of the leadership workshops I do around leading with vision, they're supposed to bring with them a vision statement. And it's just one from a company that they find appealing. Or not appealing. But it's a really great way that when they walk in, they're already engaged. In that set, yeah. Yeah, or even just having them think about a quote. Once they're in the learning event, the most important thing is every single thing we do is safe, and we've created a positive learning environment. So, for example, that's the tone that you sit, you create in the learning environment. I'm a big music person, so there's always music. Or you're going to greet everybody when they walk in the door. You're going to set up. You're going to set up activities so that they're always safe. For example, I did a retreat for a group out of NASA headquarters back in August, and it was on one of the most boring topics you can imagine, which was they needed to go through some of their policies.
0: Oh, yeah. Policies and procedures are riveting.
1: Oh, they are riveting. <laughs> I mean, like, sign me up. And so, you know, it was just really cool how you could integrate all of these principles. So for example, there were about eight liters at each table. So I put down four during break, I put down four red bandanas and four blue bandanas during their break. When they came back, There's some curiosity because why are these on our table? I just had them grab a color when they had their color that they chose. Gives them choice. Um, They moved. The red family moved to one side of the room and the blue family moved to the other side of the room. And then they had a volunteer that would come up and represent the family. And when they got up to the front, we played family feud. And we went through the policies, and it was safe, and it was fun. And even though you were the family representative, you could still, you know, poll your family for your answers. So no one was at risk of giving a wrong answer. It stimulated a lot of discussion. There was a lot of laughter, a lot of fun. And You contrast that with a traditional, boring way of killing people with bullet points right? But I love that activity because it actually represents all seven principles. First of all, it's safe. Second principle is that it's relevant. In other words, they see how this is going to impact their life immediately. They see how they can integrate this information and their life gets better. It integrates the third principle, which I call action, which is basically your brain needs time to process information as much as it needs time to receive information. So whether it's an activity or a workshop or webinar, there really needs to be an ebb and flow of taking in information and processing information, taking in and processing. So if you're lecturing, of the time, there's not time for processing, right? So what kinds of activities allow processing? Oh, that's a great question. One easy way is have interactive handouts. I never, ever, ever, ever. She's using an (laughs) all-inclusive. Never, ever. Give my slides as a handout. You want interactive handouts. That's such an easy way. Or maybe it is after you've introduced a concept, like maybe you're talking about behavior styles or something as simple as that. Have them work with the person next to them or with their small group and give them a question that they're just going to process. Another easy way is I'll very often have people stand up, take about five or six steps in any direction and reteach everything they just heard. Because the people that come to our learning events, we not only want them to learn it, we want to equip them to be able to go out and teach somebody else. Because what we're looking for is impact, right? So we want them to connect it. So those are just a couple of ways to integrate processing information. And I mean, there's all sorts of other ideas of writing in a journal or creating an action plan, but it doesn't take very long. You could actually have your brain process information in very effective ways in three minutes or less, you know, so maybe it's look at the person next to you and tell them two big deals you're going to take away from whatever it is that you just introduced to them. Okay. and So it's, it's
0: input engaged. and then process. And, and in that situation, them giving the output, showing what resonated with them.
1: Absolutely. So one of the scientific reasons behind this is the brain really doesn't multitask. I think we've all read that by now. If you've picked up a People magazine, you've probably read that by now that your brain really can't give equal attention to two attention-rich tasks. So it's important that we're giving the brain time to process. Another important piece of information we as coaches need to realize is the brain's attention span is only about one minute times our age. Up to, there's a cap here, (laughs) okay, Uh. to about 10 to 15 minutes. Now, I think that's getting shorter. We can certainly increase the attention span if you're really, really interested in what you're doing, if you had a good night's sleep, if you're not hungry, and if the speaker is moderately interesting. But if we use that as a rule of thumb, so when I help coaches design programs, we are looking through their program, even if it's a 30 minute or 60 minute, we're looking through and are we asking people to do something different about every 10 minutes. So that may be listening, it might be talking to the partner, it might be writing in their handout, it might be watching a video, but you want, there's a rhythm that you want. And all that is, is just the designing and delivering the way the brain works best. And one of the biggest compliments you can ever get at the end of a workshop is for somebody to say, it's already 4.30.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that doesn't happen on
1: accident. It happens on purpose because you had a magnificent design. And you got them where you wanted them in a way that they were engaged and involved the entire process. It's very Each
0: of us has the capacity to do that, particularly if we know your, isn't it your cranium process? Isn't that what you call it? So my
1: seven principles, cleverly, I call cranium, but it really is challenge versus threat. It's relevant so that it's meaningful. It's action so that there's that ebb and flow of receiving and processing and in cranium is maybe number one and that's novelty we know the brain does not pay attention to boring things and we want to think about what do my learners expect and let me do the unexpected in a safe way of course right of course. yes
0: <laughs> we because with safety out. and trust and intimacy <laughs> continues to be all these work together they don't yes. tag each other out so novelty tell tell give us an example of something that somebody might do for novelty
1: Okay. So glad you asked. So a typical workshop is going to begin. You're going to walk in, you're going to do your introduction. You might have them introduce themselves. Then you're going to go over the goal, the learning objectives, blah, blah, blah. You've just wasted 20 minutes, but not only that, you've set the wrong tone. So an easy way to adjust that, I was working with a coach just a few weeks ago, and that was that way his program started. Before we work together, now this is how it starts. He walks in, he says, This is actually a university course. He walks in, he, he says, Thanks everybody for coming. Okay, everybody stand up. And so immediately he has them up, they're working in groups of five or six. The whole focus of this workshop is leadership styles. So he presents them with a rather controversial but common scenario that they're likely to face as leaders. And then they're going to talk about how they would approach that. And the whole activity brings out every single point that he's going to make as he moves along, which is we all have different styles we're comfortable with. We all judge different ways of handling the exact same situation. And a third point is there's more than one right answer on how you handle leadership situations. So within the first 15 minutes He's helped them discover all the points that he's going to dive deeper into as he moves along, but he's done a couple of other things too. He's also communicated to them that this learning event is not a sit and soap, okay? They're going to roll their sleeves up. They're going to get dirty because learning is not a spectator sport. You got to get involved. The other thing that he's communicated to them without ever saying it is that your experience and your opinion and your insight and your feedback is valued here. He's not the sage on stage professor with everybody sitting and he's going to fill their empty brains up with all his knowledge. What he's done in the first 15 minutes is, is say, we're going to collaborate. We're co-learners. And, and people are emotionally engaged. And that's another big principle in Cranium is you have to engage emotion. What we know about the brain is we really aren't thinking individuals who happen to have emotions. We're emotional individuals who happen to think. And so apart from emotion, there is no learning. There is no memory. That's why no one remembers names because there's no emotional connection to it. I mean, the only person that's emotionally connected to my name is my mother. <laughs> okay, <you know? laughs> So that's why no one remembers. Remembers names, but if we can we can incorporate emotion in a learning experience, transformation is guaranteed because we know that emotion is critical to learning and to memory and to behavior change. So that's a big principle in cranium. Always, but, always, always. How have I taken this to a whole level where I've truly engaged emotion?
0: So when we're when we're talking about engaging emotion, any other sort of feedback or ways that you successfully have engaged emotion in a learning environment?
1: Yeah. So again, there are just easy, simple ways to do that. So for example, it's it's shifting. You want to shift from telling to involving. We do this as coaches all the time, right? Tell them they comply, involve them, they commit. So I was just designing a course this morning on goal setting. So this coach goes into organization and he equips staff and leaders to write great goals that are aligned with the organization's mission. Okay. So we could start it out by doing all the bullet points of these are the criteria of a smart goal, blah, blah, blah. Or He can go in that first five minutes and he can have groups work together and ask them to think about a personal or a professional goal that they were successful in achieving. So now they're talking about their goal. That means something to them. Now he can step, take another step and say, what were the reasons why you were successful in reaching that goal? And I guarantee you, they're going to say, it was specific. It was measurable. I was held accountable. It meant something to me. And I put a time around it. So they discovered the very thing. So I want- But you started by connecting them to
0: something that was meaningful meaningful to them, that that was successful for them. So got all those good emotions kind of riled up in that first five minutes.
1: Yeah. So you think about, we've incorporated those seven principles in a five-minute activity. And that's what I love about these principles. Because one thing when I work with coaches, I think I ask them, think of the most boring part of your workshop or the part of your webinar or workshop or whatever, your retreat, where people tend to check out or you can't get engagement. Those are the best opportunities <laughs> to incorporate those seven principles. So even the part of the course that even you dread, you know, like it even bores you. Think about that and when we incorporate those seven principles, what you've done is you've just taken it from, you know, something that's boring and unengaging to something that really has the wow factor. And it's it's simple, but you just have to think about a few things. You have to think about who your audience is, obviously, what your goal is, where do you want to lead them? You also have to think about what's your style. So when I work with coaches, I always spend a lot of time getting a feel for what their natural style is and what kind of vibe do they want to have in their learning experiences. Because we want that to be totally aligned with that coach and that coach's message and that coach's style because every coach, in my opinion, has a God given style and message. And that's why they're called to be a coach. And and so we want the learning experience to reflect and and be in a hundred percent alignment because every single thing we do in a learning experience is sending a thousand different messages. So in other words, if you have a stellar product and you have awful boring training, it's out of alignment. If you have a stellar message, a transformational message, you better have a transformational learning experience to go with it.
0: (laughs) And, and as you've said, that reflects on your product. It reflects on sort of who you are as a coach. It might even reflect upon the
1: coaching profession. Absolutely. I mean, that's my third big point. If you have a fabulous learning experience, it's not going, it, it not only increases the impact of your message, it grows your business because people want to work with you. And they're going to refer your name to other people who are going to want to work with you. But the third important point is that every single time you're working with people, whether that's individually, but certainly in a public forum, a group, a webinar, whatever that is, you've called yourself a coach. So you represent the entire coaching industry. And if there's one industry that should not be boring, <laughs> it should be the coaching industry because we're all about change and transformation and moving forward and making a difference. And being and your so, best. Yeah. Being your best. Yeah. So yeah we really have a responsibility to offer those extraordinary, unforgettable learning experiences for people because we are coaches.
0: So how do you work with coaches to make those unforgettable learning experiences?
1: You've given some great examples (laughs) of that already, but what else? What do you do? So I follow a wonderful process and it's it's really awesome, seamless process. And I've worked with coaches who were brand new. They weren't even really sure what their message was all the way to seasoned coaches who just wanted to update training that they'd been doing for 30 years. Wherever you are on that continuum, whether you're brand new or you have a library of content, the process is the same. So we begin Really by, similar to a coaching engagement, we begin with just a quick call. Where are you? Let me know more about your business. Where do you want to go? What's your vision? I give you some ideas that may be helpful to you. And then we decide, do we want to work together? And if it makes sense for us to work together, then very often I do what I call a design day. That can be a half day. It can be a whole day. Last week, it turned into two days where I'm with that coach and we roll up our sleeves and we get busy. We've used design days to design the entire program or just focus in on one individual workshop or presentation. And so that process really begins with analysis. Always kind of compare it to working with an architect. (laughs) So one of the things that I do as an instructional designer is very similar to an architect. I'm going to question you and figure out exactly where you are, where you want to be, what you want that house to look like, how many rooms, you want it modern, you want it in the mountains, whatever that is. And then we work together to create a blueprint. The heavy lifting, though, and the most important thing is analysis. And very similar to building a house, the more time you spend in analysis, easier everything else goes, and the greater the impact that you have. And so it really all just starts with a simple call. (laughs) Where are you? Where do you want to be? And would that make sense to move forward working together? Excellent.
0: Now, you also talked about something exciting that you have coming early next year.
1: What is this new program that you've got started? So I've been working with coaches individually now for a long time. And in February of this year, I'm going to have my first design retreat where I'm going to bring about five coaches together. Out of that two and a half day, we're going to go through the whole process, whether you have a whole program or you just have a workshop or whatever it is that you're working on. You walk out of that with your design in hand. But the power is going to be the collaboration that happens with other coaches. So not only will you be getting feedback from them, but then you'll be able to learn from them because once design days are the most amazing things, um, because once the wheels start turning, there are what I call goodies. There are goodies that come out of this that we would never have expected. For example, I worked with a coach. She's actually out of Canada. And we were just designing, redesigning a seven-day intensive retreat that she does. But out of our design work together, she realized I could take this and make it an e-learning. She has another program then that's going to spin off of that. That is a blend of some e-learning modules with group coaching, with individual coaching, and so it's it's just that so she came idea. up with new products
0: and new new yes. ways to deliver her message, without necessarily rebuilding the whole thing, yeah, it's it's taking the the content content that she has and repurposing it in all these different ways.
1: Yeah. And then you start to realize I could reach different audiences. So for example, she's a yoga therapist and her first thought has always been, she works certainly with clients, but then she could now do a whole certification program for other yoga therapists but wait, other people in the healthcare industry need this. So it has just spun off into about five or six completely new directions for the same content. And it's just the power of synergy. And so if we can come up with that with just the two of us, what's possible when we get four or five fabulous coaches together? So that was really the motivation behind designing the retreat. Very excited about that. First one's in February.
0: Can you kind of quickly run through what cranium, what that acronym, each of those letters
1: one more time? Absolutely. C is challenge. And challenge meaning I've elevated the sense of urgency, but I've protected trust. R is relevance. In other words, I know the reason I'm learning this and how it's going to benefit me right now. A is action, which is balancing active learning with reflective application. N is novelty. Do the unexpected. Be unconventional. I is interaction, which is always making sure that your learners are engaged. They have ownership in the process and they have a voice. They have choice. U is using emotion. Without emotion, there is no learning Definitely no long-term learning. And then M is multiple ways of learning. And it really culminates, this is where all the other principles culminate, because it is about welcoming and valuing every single learner that's in that experience and giving them multiple opportunities, and multiple ways to take in information and show what they know. So those are the seven principles in a nutshell.
0: (laughs) As you said, they're simple, maybe not easy, yet gives us all food for thought in how do we want to take our offering, whatever that offering is, and take it to that next level by really engaging the learner in the way that the brain accepts learning. Yes.
1: And, and, you, and you have real transformation. And when you have real transformation, your business is going to grow. We all know that. And as you grow your business, you can accelerate greater transformation. So it's just a it's a continuous cycle and it's a win for everybody involved.
0: I really appreciate your energy and your passion and willingness to bring that to our Star Coach audience today. It was an absolute pleasure to spend time with you today, Sherry.
1: Thank you. It's an honor and an honor to work with an amazing group of people we call coaches. <laughs>
0: Sherry is a perfect example of what happens when somebody is passionate about what they do and so good at what they do. I've had the pleasure of working in a design day with Sherry and it was exhilarating and a little exhausting and absolutely wonderful. So thank you, Sherry, for bringing your expertise to the show and helping all of us as coaches be better and think through what we do to create content and design our trainings in such a way that creates transformation. If you'd like to know more about Dr. Sherry Yellen, visit our resource page at starcoachshow.com. Dot com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our book giveaway and check out the different resources that we have on the page. If you're interested in mentor coaching because you have a recredential coming up and you need your mentor coaching, I just want to let you know that we do have a group that's starting almost immediately. So if you need to get those hours in, check out the link on the StarCoachShow.com website. So we're entering into December. I look forward to seeing all of you next week. Have a wonderful week. And here's to your coaching success. I'm your host Meg Rentschler. We'll see you next week.